Hi, and welcome to our podcast. My name is Katie. My daughter Caroline and I have interesting conversations about everything under the sun. We want to share that with you from different perspectives, ages, and life experiences. We can't wait to get started, so let's go. Welcome, everyone. Welcome back to our Coffee Talks podcast. I'm Katie Katzman here with my daughter, Caroline Katzman. Hello. (laughs) And today we are talking about growing up, and that means both of us, growing up with a family business. Um, before we get started, I do want to let you know that um, it started. we are actually promoting our, our Coffee Talks podcast now on Instagram. You'll find us at our Coffee Talks podcast. We're also on Facebook, our Coffee Talks, so you can like us there. You can follow us on Instagram, and you can reach us by email to let us know what you want to hear us talk about at our Coffee Talks podcast at gmail.com. That's our Coffee Talks podcast at gmail.com. Okay, so let's get into today's topic, and we're talking about growing up with a family business. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so our family business um, was a hot yoga studio. We, in fact, were the first hot yoga studio in the city of Temecula, California. We opened up back in 2012 uh, in December. So actually, it was exactly 10 years ago. we're going to start. Yeah. ten. Years we ago. didn't even plan that either. I forgot. I didn't even think about that. Wow. No. And, and that interesting. It's almost like an anniversary. Um, it was, yeah. the, it was the 17th of December. So almost exactly only short of six days of 10 years ago that we opened up that family business. Wow. Um, however, yeah. as we're going to talk about, it took a good year at least of preparation to open it up and you were involved in that. So we'll get started with that. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that preparation. So um, the first thing we were going to talk about was the inspiration and then the whole process of getting started. Is there anything that you wanted to say there, Caroline, before I talk about the inspiration? No, I've always been really curious and I think I know, but I've always been curious as to what made you want to open a yoga studio. Okay. I can vividly Mm -hmm. remember and I can tell you exactly Mm -hmm. what that was. So, um, it was back when you were pretty young. I think you were a toddler, maybe two or three. Um, I think maybe Sean was just born. I used to go to the local yoga studio twice a week and just do my yoga classes at night. And there was something about being in there. I felt really good. I felt um, really accepted. I felt like I walked into a class onto my yoga mat and I was home. And I remember feeling like, um, yeah, always feeling really comfortable just being on my yoga mat, being in yoga class. And and I was lying one night at the end of class, looking up at the ceiling in Savasana, which for those of you that don't practice yoga, that's basically just lying face up and your whole body is relaxed and listening to your breath. And it's a pretty calm moment. And my mind was pretty, you know, blank after class, after the whole class was finished. And I looked up at the ceiling and I had this inspiration and it ju- I just said to myself, I want to create a yoga community. And it was like, whoa, what's that? And I, and I said to myself, do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to, what is it? And I said, and I realized it wasn't about, no, it, it was, uh, I'd be a teacher, but I wanted to create a community. And it was mm-hmm. a really strong, it was a really strong inspirational thought, I guess I would say, that came into my um, head. And I never forgot it. So that was, gosh, so, um, you know, that would have been around 2003. And uh, we went on. it's like a good while before you even opened the studio. It was a good while. It was a good while. Mm -hmm. And it was a moment I had never forgotten. We were, um, I was a stay-at-home mom for six years, which was such a joy. And um, towards the end of that, I began working on my master's. So I was kind of working towards getting back into the, you know, back into um, education. And we went overseas and we were, you know, we took a couple of posts. One was in um, Colombia, one was in um, Venezuela. And Venezuela is when we realized, Dad and I, that we definitely wanted to do something different after that post. Each was two years, two two and two. So Mm -hmm. towards the tail end of that post in Venezuela where we were running a school and you guys were going to that school, we said, when we move back, let's do something different. 
And dad was into the idea of opening up a business. And I was really into creating that yoga community. So we decided to merge those two Mm -hmm. ideas and open up a yoga studio. So that Mm -hmm. was the inspiration. And um, when we moved back, I think we took a year in Michigan. During that time, I went to do teacher training for Bikram Yoga. And then we Mm -hmm. flip-flopped. We moved to California, began opening the studio or designing it. And dad went off to teacher training in California. So we, we just began the process, right? So that was the beginning of it. Um, it was just an inspiration. And I guess it was, you know, two people that wanted to do something different and we were used to working together on things. So it was kind of like, this is just the next adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then um, we had to look at how, how do you open a business? Well, first thing we had to do was design it. You know, we had to actually talk to a lot of people, other studio owners. We had gone to studios for a long time and practiced Bikram yoga. Um, it was, it, it was a class, a training that was so good for all different kinds of people. And I saw that right away. I took my first class in Oceanside, California, and I saw, I came out and there were, there were business people. There were probably people that, I think there was a homeless person. There were, there were moms, there were kids, there were all kinds. And afterwards they were all talking about how great they felt and how, you know, how their lives were changing and inside and out. So um, that's when I got your dad to do it, actually. And we realized this would be the type of yoga that we'd want to we want to pursue mm-hmm. in terms of a business. Um, and there were positives and negatives to that. But um, that's what we chose. So we had to build this hot yoga studio, which was quite an endeavor. It took a lot of planning. Um, we planned with architects for months. We homeschooled you guys. So during that time, we were able to do all this planning and building. We found a space in Temecula. We found a contractor. We just pretty much got going. You know, during that time is when mm-hmm. dad actually left to go to teacher training. And so I was doing most of the monitoring of of the building of the business with the facility here with you mm-hmm. while I was homeschooling you guys. It sounds like a lot. I'm not sure how we did all that, but my gosh, we did so much. I mean, I remember I mean it, well actually I don't even think it was it wasn't too difficult. I mean, we could just bring our school with us wherever we went. So I remember doing a lot of homework in the car, um, in various waiting rooms of like architectural firms or just like contracting firms, just like stuff like that. And I also remember bringing homework to the actual like studio site or the where it was getting built. So, I mean, it was... I think homeschooling worked in our favor. I think it was actually easier than than it would be perceived. But I imagine it was a lot of work for you to like have to balance getting this studio built and open and then also educating your children at the same time. Right. Well, as we talked about in a previous podcast on homeschooling, I think things like this were part of the homeschooling too, you know, which we can mm-hmm. talk about. Um, but just I will say a little couple more things about the process. It wasn't an easy one. Um, There were a lot of um, roadblocks. And our mantra was look for the green lights every day, wake up and something would there be a roadblock. Like, I remember we had to have this giant heater. We had to get a crane to get it onto the roof. And it was so big for this yoga studio. And that was- I remember that. that, yes. And they delivered mm-hmm. it and kind of like left it in front of the facility. And it was, it, we, and it really put, we had all these, we had all of these delays. And so we wake up and say, well, what can we do today? And that's what we would do, right? Can we work on staffing? Can we work on, you know, our client management system? Can we look on, can we work on emailing? Can we, can we work on, you know, marketing? Um, can we homeschool the kids today? <laughs> what can we do? So, mm-hmm. So there were a lot of delays and there were a lot of issues. I mean, I remember um, it was, we were, the contractor bid a certain amount and we got in there and the architects had created such an elaborate plan that the cost of it was three or four times of what it was supposed to be. I also remember you guys talking about that, like how the plan that they made was so over budget and just like, so like ridiculously, like not fancy, but just they had things in there that you wouldn't need in a in just a regular standard yoga studio like they went way overboard 
way overboard. I remember that so clearly. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the level of framing, steel framing they chose, you know, it was the, in your plans as architects put exactly what the contractor should order. And they had, you know, like this super high end framing that nobody uses in, in construction. And it was so expensive. And then they had for the lights in the, in the room, they had these chandeliers. I, I had no idea they had put all these and they, I guess their envision was like, this is going to be so amazing, but they didn't double check, you know, with budgets and things like that. And we couldn't see all, a lot of that. So, mm-hmm. um, so it was pretty crazy. So my contractor said to me one day, he walks up, he said, look, Katie, I'll be honest. He said, most contractors would walk up to you right now, hand you the keys and just say, good luck. He said, because this is out of control. He's like, I can't, there's no way I, he's, I've stopped. I've stopped. Sub, I've stopped subbing all these jobs out because it's too expensive and it's way out of budget. It's three or four times of what it's supposed to be. We're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars, not just, you know, mm. we had, we had a certain amount, but you know, almost up to, it was, it was well over like half a million. It was crazy. And that was not where we were at. So, um, so pretty interesting. We had a, had a great contractor and he worked with us. So we, we kind of re re project, like we kind of re engineered the project and pulled mm-hmm. back and we started doing some of the things ourselves. Okay. So like for the tile, we went and handpicked oh, the tile, the tile clearance mm-hmm. tile. It was, it was clearance from a local tile center. And we went in we picked it. We mixed and matched beautiful tile that they had leftover pieces and we had to deliver it ourselves, and you probably remember that because what did you have to do? You remember having to you had to move the tile with us, but you you helped us move it from one place to the other. You guys are actually moving people. I of the actually tile. remember. Yeah, I I vaguely remember one of those days. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah, I we, just when I think about the tile, I think about the the person that you picked to do the tile, and he I think he was like one of our neighbors not like one of our he's lived in our neighborhood um and uh he was the father of like a couple of kids that i had gotten to know just like neighborhood kids so i remember like hanging out with him while he was doing the tile <laughs> yeah i don't know why but like i just find that so funny that like this guy who's like doing tiles just putting up with this 12 year old um but yeah that's funny right so it's we funny to think about yeah, it is. We found people that could help us, you know, for a lot cheaper. And um, mm-hmm. we got it done. And it was down to the wire. It was, it was in November. I remember the first time we thought maybe we're not going to make it because we had to pay rent. We weren't open yet. It was getting to be really expensive. But our community was so excited about this. And we just, we just, we had, we had said, uh, we kind of burned the bridges. We kind of, we couldn't go back because we, you know, we had nothing to go back to at that point. We were so far in that we had to, in order to get our money back, we had to open up. So um, I remember that we had finally said we are opening on this day. And we actually cleaned, we hired our own cleaners. We cleaned our, you and I, Sean, dad, we cleaned that place up. We opened mm-hmm. even before we had our permits. I'll be honest. We opened up. <laughs> we just opened but um, oh shoot the truth comes out the truth is you know what and because it was ridiculous you know it was we we had to get going so and we had some counsel on that you know it wasn't like you know we we weren't that far off but anyway so what do you remember about how you helped because you you guys helped in so many ways in the building in you know even just getting going what kind of jobs did you do at that studio well I remember I was obsessed with running the front desk so I remember and you would let me so I definitely helped out by like checking people in and working the front desk and then I remember doing like a lot of um wait are you talking about like the building process or any of it the whole thing any of it I mean I think I was involved quite a bit like I remember putting up new yoga clothing even picking out like what you were gonna buy to stock the shelves um and uh doing like filing filing uh new people applications or i'm forgetting the name of it but doing a lot of filing work computer work cleaning i would have to clean a lot after after the classes and after people left i would clean the bathrooms um and i would help clean the yoga room itself like 
Oh, I remember having to clean those mirrors and that was, I hated that the most because they were just so big and it, and they would always smear and I hated doing that. What else? Uh, I remember, oh my gosh, I remember helping with advertising like this one time, like you guys got a sign and we were at like the crossroads. Um, what was it? Jefferson and um, Jefferson and Winchester that big major crossroads and or the intersection and we had the Bikram yoga Temecula sign and we did that for a couple of hours I think we really did that once or twice though like that wasn't that wasn't a regular thing but I remember doing that um I was actually ultra involved I feel like and I'd help with events I would set up and clean up and I was just kind of always there Especially in middle school, in high school, I think I started coming around less and less because I just got busy. Um, but definitely in like when I was in seventh, eighth grade, I was around quite a bit. Yeah, but definitely. Yeah, you you guys both helped a lot, and um, you helped in yeah in those times with any job you, that we needed you to do when we were building. And when we opened, it really was nice because you did work the front desk and you you loved that. And and you also would email people for me. Sometimes I'd give you a list of emails to write. I gave you like a template. That's right. People. Mm -hmm. um, I think I had you, I remember having you do some work on a spreadsheet. You know, you learned all kinds of, uh, all kinds of skills with that and definitely how to talk to people as you got older. Yes. I remember, mm -hmm. um, I remember one summer. Uh, and it was a, it was a pretty lean time. Uh, we were really, we were struggling. And I remember said, I said, you guys, I need your help this summer and I can't, um, I can't pay you hourly, but I'm going to give you bonuses by having a great attitude and just helping out. And it's just part of a family business. And you were like, okay. So I remember, uh, we took some videos, uh, on Facebook and you guys helped shoot the videos. Um, you did. You were helping with consultation. I think you were scanning forms for me and of the consultations and you were mm. filing those things. We did all kinds of things, but you really did help out and made a difference. And uh, of course I was able to give you guys some money and <laughs> in the end, but you really helped out during a difficult time. So mm -hmm. you also got to see that, you know, there were, you know, businesses go through good, you know, financially strong and difficult times. So. I think you saw a lot and you definitely, you both helped a lot. Sean was also mm -hmm. helping a lot with marketing. I would ask him about what to put on t-shirts, you know, like, what do you think we should say for this, this challenge? And he'd come up with, with uh, slogans and colors and. That's right. Yeah. Sean had a good eye for that. Mm -hmm. He did. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then another thing that really developed over this was our community. And of course you guys were, and still to this day, you're known as, in the community. I mean, we had uh, hundreds of people that joined our studio that felt like family. And I think one thing we wanted them to feel like was when they came in the door, I always felt like I want them to kind of exhale and go, Oh, I'm home. You know, the way I always felt when mm -hmm. I was in yoga. So I wanted them to feel that way. So we knew everyone's names and you guys did too. You knew everyone's names. You still remember people's names, but we mm -hmm. had a really, well, I, just vibrant... remember the, I remember the regulars. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we had a really vibrant community. And I and actually there's another podcast just about that that I was interviewed about community on a podcast mm -hmm. called Ready Aim Empire and talked about how we built community. But we did a good job of that. And um and that was a, a really special thing because it was for these people that came to us, it became not just coming to practice yoga, it was coming to be like with their people in their place and they felt they felt home, like they were at home. So it was, it was really beautiful, you know, that we, that we were able to build that over the years. Um, and again, they all, they all got to watch you guys grow up. So it was they did. Cool. I, that's, yeah, that is really cool. I think it is so cool that you were able to do that for so many people. I mean, and the amount of people, um, I don't mean to turn it to a sad topic, but I remember when you closed the studio, and the amount of like emails you got from people when people found out you were closing, like people were genuinely like heartbroken. And I think that just goes to show like how many people 
yeah, really like just loved being at our studio. And I heard it all the time too. I remember yeah, I'd go into the bathroom or just walking around the studio, just doing my thing. And I hear people, I hear snippets of conversations and people would be like, oh, I just love it here so much. I love Philip and Katie and the kids or not so much about me and Sean, but just like how much they loved the environment and how like they felt it was so clean. And like, we really took care of our studio. Like it wasn't like we had, we had, I think we had a lot of pride in our studio. And I think people saw that. Um, yeah, it's true. And when you say clean, I remember, you know, one of the best items of decor you can put into your facility is just cleanliness. Keep it sparkling clean, mm-hmm. put less in there and keep mm-hmm. it clean. And that was our, like our, our mentality is just that place got cleaned top to bottom twice a day. And, oh, yeah. and we had a, we had a staff of cleaners that were, you know, our students that were kind of, that, that um, they were, well, they were, slight, they were employees actually, but um but they, they were like the they work were, study mm-hmm. right yeah and they were very involved they were very committed to keeping it just as clean as 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 we were so we, uh, we always had great great team and it was super clean it was just amazing um it everyone really t- took took pride in it you could you could literally well you took off your shoes and you walked in the front door and everybody went barefoot that's how clean it was um and it was amazing but the other thing is i thought of as you were talking is you know for me when you open a business, it has to be about creating a successful financial business and growing it. If it's going to stay open and it's going to thrive and grow, it has to always be growing. I didn't have mm-hmm. that when we first opened. I was all about the mission of community and helping people, which is wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. But there's two sides to that. you know. So the thing is, everybody that was coming in, people don't come into a hot yoga studio because they're feeling great and they just want to have fun they come in because they don't feel great they're struggling with something it could be you know back pain headaches depression um all kinds of joint issues could be personal chronic illness i mean everything you can Mm -hmm. think of i mean i think we had so many people come in who had multiple ailments or just problems and i mean yeah homeless people yeah we had homeless people that actually you know were paying clients that they had they they needed this in their life and we're able to work with them as long as they could work within our boundaries and sometimes they could sometimes they couldn't and we helped them along and um you know we were there so it, it was that's why it was so it was inspirational but it was also difficult to ever think about closing you know it businesses again they have to grow they have to thrive if you're going to stay open so when fin- when financially you know it got tough in my heart i thought we we can't leave these people we cannot not have these classes every day and we were a seven day a week business every day we didn't have a day mm-hmm. off we may have taken a half day off but we didn't ever have a day where we closed unless it was christmas um mm-hmm. half of thanksgiving in the first years we we really never closed and so yeah, that was our kind of commitment. But I began to realize that I had to really develop the business side of this thing and understand it really clearly if we were going to thrive. So things did shift. And that was exciting for me. I love business. So um, anyway, that was it. Uh, just a little plug. I want to say that I, re- I re- realized a couple of years in that if this community was going to stay, we had to really get down to really understanding how to grow a business. And then things did shift. And we, and we also did that. But I at the at the core of that was my desire to help these people and this community stay afloat and get the health benefits that they needed, you know. So um that's uh something I'm really happy we could do, you know, and we could be a part of you guys too, you know. Mm-hmm. Um you you mentioned special events. Do you remember some special events that we put on during over the years? Yes, I remember a handful. Um one of the ones that I remember, actually, gosh, there was a, quite a bit. I mean, there was, um, forgetting the names of these events, but there was the event with um, that one really cool gal who did the breathing work. Um, oh, Transformational Breath. Yes, that one. I did that a handful of times. Love that. 
Uh, we did, there was events that had to do with music. Um, one sound of our bath. teachers, sound bath, yes. Um, there was the Ayurvedic presentations and stuff like that, that I actually, it was, that was just really interesting. We even had, these weren't really special events, but for a while we had like different types of classes we were offering, like Pilates and I remember Zumba. I think we did, was it Zumba? Mm -hmm. um, we had just, we had an array of events. Uh, we also had our own, you know, I honestly loved like the 30 day challenges that we did. And at the end of the month, you know, we'd have a little celebration and stuff like that. And um, yeah, didn't we also have like a Christmas party at our house? So we invited studio goers over. I think we did. We had teacher Christmas parties. I think one year we invited yeah, students. teacher Christmas parties. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I never, a lot of pretty cool special events. Um, I'm trying to think of more, but we did. I'm we drawn we blank. well, a couple more. When we hit five years, we had uh, five year awards. People that had been with us for five years. I think we had a party mm -hmm. for five years. Mm -hmm. um, we did. We we did a program called Let Yourself Lead. We had three local speakers come in and tell and tell their transformation. Um, mm -hmm. They were actually clients and how how the yoga transformed them and what they did with it. And one had climbed with her family, climbed, I think my, Mount Everest, and she talked about, and she showed her, you know, pictures. Um, one had gone through like spinal uh, surgery, and she had and she mm -hmm. recovered, and just and she had shown her spine before and after. Um, mm -hmm. And there were just really wonderful stories. Um, and then we also rebranded after five years, and we rebranded. Had a rebranding party that was a big. We deal. did. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I remember that. Yeah, a lot. So a lot that of was because events. of, yeah, the rebranding. That was because of the the Bikram scandal, right? It kind of was, you know. So Bikram yoga is a practice, but Bikram is a person, and he mm -hmm. got himself involved in um, lawsuits with students and um, things to do with mm -hmm. um, sexual uh, assault. And um, our clients, you know, we weren't, we weren't, we didn't really get into the details on that with our clients. We just did, we just practiced yoga. We taught great classes and we didn't get into the drama. So most of our community didn't really even know about that, but there would be some out there that would see the name Bikram and not want to become a patron. Although we were not connected financially with the Bikram organization anymore. However, mm -hmm. We just began to look at the future of things and thought, you know what, this we probably need to separate from that. So we did. We went with a group of studios called Sweat and Glow. And we thought that'd be a good, a good also um, endeavor because they were also really good studios. They were all teaching the same types of yoga. And mm -hmm. um, we had some support with that. So we decided to go with with that, actually rebrand. And it was fun, you know, we uh, we definitely benefited from that. And we did a lot, we made a new website. We really it was it was a cool time, you know, to do that. At that point, mm -hmm. um, um, your your dad had gotten another job and wasn't working at the studio anymore. And so I had a full-time manager and, uh, you know, a, a big staff of teachers. And we, we were really rolling on, you know, new processes that we had developed. So it was a very exciting time. Um, yeah, we, we continue to always have those challenges where, with like 30-day challenges or 60-day challenges where you could see how many classes you could complete. And we always had that kind of thing going on and it was inspirational to people to see you know what how great they could feel after that so things just kept progressing um yeah and we, we grew with it you know and i know at that point you were probably in high school you were in, a swimmer and you started you know mm -hmm. and I, you might remember things that we did as you were growing with the business how you would bring your friends in do you remember that and your swim teams oh yeah i think I brought I brought both swim teams in uh I was um I was a serious swimmer for a long time and I when I was 16 I switched club teams I was on this club team for a long time called uh Temecula Swim Club TMEC for short and then when I was 16 uh I made the decision to leave that club team and join a new one called Mesa Aquatics which they're no longer around actually. Um, but great, great, great team. But I actually was, um, I brought both 
swim teams, both uh, yeah, both teams in at different points. Um, I remember bringing T Mac in, and then Mesa, and then actually, what was cool about bringing Mesa in was it not? It wasn't just like my teammate; it was also Sean's because Sean was swimming on Mesa as well. So we had like a bunch of um, like my teammates, like my friends, like who are my age or around my age, and then a bunch of younger swimmers who are around Sean's age. So like a lot of siblings did the yoga together. Um, and that was really cool to share that with people just because, well, for one, it was fun for me because I was so used to the practice. I've been doing it since I was like 10 or 11. So for me, like postures and the heat and the length wasn't a big deal, but it was always rather funny to watch my teammates who were these very serious elite swimmers, like struggle with 90 minute hot yoga. And I remember they would look around and they'd be like, they would see like people older than them doing better than them and it was just it was always kind of funny to see to watch them get through it but it was also really cool to share that with people because like it's just such a great workout I remember like a lot of my friends really liked it I had friends who didn't like it at all like they hated it and most of the guys didn't like it but I had a couple of girlfriends really like it I've I've also shared the yoga with uh, various boyfriends growing up I think only like two um but they I've said so I've come my boyfriend has been the yoga um and yeah and I was I think what was cool about the studio for me was it also it as I grew with it it helped me in different ways just outside of yoga like for example I got my one of my I got my very first job because of the studio because the manager that you hired were also had just come from, or she still worked at this grocery store in Temecula Culling and Roots. And she was like, oh, we need someone at the juice bar. I can get you a job like right now. And I was like, oh, perfect. Cause I wanted to start working um, as soon as I stopped, um, as soon as I graduated high school, cause I needed to make money before I went to college. So that's how I got my first job <clears throat> at a juice bar. And I actually ended up working there for years um, after I got came back from being in Colorado for a year for school. I worked there for two years, and um, it wasn't like I mean it was just it was just kind of like a regular customer service food service job. But I it was great. Like I I met so many great friends, and it was a good environment, and it was it was a really cool first job to have, and all because of the studio. So that was really cool. And then I definitely learned how to like work hard. And I was thinking about it when we were discussing like things that I did. I learned how to like email people because of that work. Like I'm very professional with my emails, like to professors or to for work. Um, even now, when I learned that from you and from the studio, and definitely learned how to clean. And just I definitely like part of the reason why I know how to work hard is because of the studio and like watching you, um, you know, work so hard, especially as well. Mm. You know, we learned so much from what we do. I, going back to the swim team coming in, I do want to remember or let everyone know something interesting. You guys were coming off one time, a three hour swim practice. These were the elite swimmers. Mm -hmm. These were the kids that were like junior Olympic level or, you know, like, uh, you know, even higher, like higher, um, yeah, like junior nationals and um, Olympic stuff level. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. like touching on those on those times. And the coach decided to bring them right after practice, and we kind of, you know, didn't recommend that because people think, oh, it's just yoga. Well, this 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 service that we were selling, Bikram Yoga, is hard. It's, it's hard, and it's ninety minutes in the heat, doing twenty six postures two times each. That's what makes it work. And it on its own is, it's, is, is, um, is grueling. It, it can be very tiring, especially in the beginning. So you kids came in and most every single one of you did the whole thing. You were so tough. All of you were so tough. And we never recommended you come off of a big workout, but these young kids did. And, you know, that was, it was pretty amazing. So, um, mm -hmm. that's one thing about it, you know, that it, it was, it, one of the challenges of this business was the service itself. People often felt like, well, I can't do that because I don't want to be 90 minutes in the hot room. 
Well, then hot room was designed for people that are beginners because, you know, it's going to, your body's tight. Heat's going to help. The length mm-hmm. of time is so you can do all the postures twice to work through your whole entire body. And people didn't understand that from the outside. And so we spent a lot of ways trying to like educate people, <laughs> but it, it, mm-hmm. it's still, it's a very, um, I remember my CPA saying once like, this is a very specialized thing you're doing. Not everyone's going to think they can do this. And that makes it difficult, you know, to make a lot of money because it's not like you're selling donuts or pizza, you know, where everybody can eat a donut, not everybody, but you know, most people love donuts and pizza or something like that. So um, just to Mm kind of segue a little bit off, but your friends came in and you you guys were so tough athletes, you know, that you could come in and you guys could do it because you, you hung around, you know, tough athletes. So that was, it's pretty fun, but that was sometimes your way of saying, see if my boyfriend can handle this because they're going to have to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you know, to the, I think to my boyfriend's credit, I think the two that wound up doing it did well. In fact, one of my boyfriends, I think, did it several times with me. It was a, we, we did it more than once together. I think that was pretty cool. Um, and yeah, it was just, it was also, it was definitely an ego boost for me. Like, haha, I'm better at this than you are. And I'm a woman. <laughs> that was definitely running through my mind. Um, yeah. One thing with yoga <clears throat> I, I learned is that it, as you get older, you actually get better. And that's because you people probably are more relaxed and not and not as um with themselves you know more self-acceptant as we age and so Mm -hmm. the more the more the more uh you hold on to things the harder yoga a a yoga practice can be so uh we find that we had we had people in their 80s that were just amazing you know and, and coming in and could do the whole the whole series and that I, me- I remember some of the kids that you brought in were like I- I'm next to this and in fact I had a member of these motocross riders professional and they were like here I mm-hmm. am like this the best shape of my life and this lady next to me is 85 and I can't keep up with her right because well she can breathe yeah. and be calm and, and you're and you're huffing and puffing and trying to like push right and it doesn't work so the the yoga part itself was really interesting and the people and how we help people to to access that part of their, their mind and their, their, uh, their breath and their body. But, um, but the, yeah, the, the family business part is just still really, I think it's really fascinating how we grew up with it. Um, so the, the next thing we were going to touch on and were the challenges that it presented for our family. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and there, you know, there were a lot of challenges. I, I think being in a family business that's open every day of the week, um, we didn't end up taking a lot of big trips anymore. We were a family that came off of traveling a lot, taking long vacations and trips with our kids. Um, and certainly in my life with, you know, with dad, we had done a lot of traveling over the years living overseas. Mm-hmm. So this was a time where we, if, if we got away, it was like maybe three or four days. I mean, I think, I think it wasn't until like three years in that we took a week and went to Paris for our 20th anniversary with you guys. I mean, it, it, it was a long time before we started going away. And then we started to do something like once a year, but that was one of the challenges um, was getting away. You know, also you guys were swimmers. So we were really had to be around for weekends for your meets and stuff. I was going to say, it's funny you say that because I don't ever remember feeling like that was a negative. I think, in fact, when I was 12 and we opened up the studio, we had just come from living like overseas and then Michigan and finally coming back to California. And like, I think we had done so much traveling already. Like I was okay with not. And then I remember my swimming started kicking into gear and I didn't really want to miss, you know, too much, like, especially during the summers, um, you know, for those that don't know, like the summers during swim time is just like grind mode. You're like in the pool for 20 plus hours a week, like sometimes twice a day, five days a week, or like six days a week. Like, and you really can't miss anything. There's so many swim meets and things you got to do and keep on top of, and you really can't afford to like take a whole lot of vacations. Um, so for me, like i I could see how that could be a challenge because you're used to that lifestyle and you raised us in that. But I didn't, I don't look back and think, oh, I wish we traveled more. Like, 
anything, I was happy with staying with sticking around because we, I wasn't, it was used to not sticking around. And we also did so much moving like in between like living in Temecula too. Like we moved like three different times. So um, I was okay with that. Actually. That's true. You know, it's funny. And that shows me too, as, as for a parenting point, sometimes what you think is maybe stressing or bothersome for the family isn't for everybody. Maybe it's just more you or maybe it was more dad. I know he was kind of bummed out about that, that we couldn't do more and travel more. But we were we were used to move, picking up and moving every couple of years and doing something new, which definitely wasn't my favorite thing to do either. So I think settling down in a way, I kind of liked it um, too. And I loved being at your swim meets. So I loved, I loved sticking around because I wanted to be every weekend mm-hmm. at those meets. And um, so I think when I'm saying like family challenges, maybe not for me or you, but it could have been maybe for someone else in the family too. Um, yeah. But I think it, it, because when there's a challenge for one person, it's felt by everybody, right? So tension that's can true. build and tension yes. did build, you know? And I think that's that's a th- something to recognize if you're in a family business, you know, um, and someone is, isn't is completely sold out or happy with what's going on, you're going to feel it because um, you're a team. We definitely mm-hmm. were a team of four, we're together a lot. And so there were those aspects um, that, and I'm glad to know that that part didn't bother you. And I think looking back, mm-hmm. I can't really feel like it bothered me as much either. Um, but I think, the other part that comes up in a family business that definitely is a challenge is somebody has to be in charge. And initially it was going to be, you know, your dad was going to be like the CEO of, of the, of the company. And I was going to work with the teachers and the training and all that. So he was going to, you know, and then after we got into it, it was, it turned into something that was more of my skill set. So I was taking those things on and, and that's what we decided on. Um, however, in doing so, I had worked for your dad before, but he had never worked for me. And it was a challenge, you know, not everyone is conducive to working for their spouse, right? And um I'm, especially when it's like the the husband working for the wife, you mm-hmm. know, there's also that comes into play too. Cause I feel like a lot of men, at least from older generations, struggle with taking taking direction from women, which is just silly. We're great leaders. I don't get it. <laughs> so we know mm-hmm. what we're doing. We're level-headed. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that might have been something too. And I'm not saying like that's just dad. I think that's also a generational thing for a lot of men. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. And I think um, there are some things specific to individuals, but there's some things that are also more generally um, uh, common, you know, and that it, that would be one, you know, I'm working you know, do you really take instruction from your wife? I mean, he was very um, supportive. And I think dad was more of like, he was entrepreneurial, had great ideas. And I maybe was a bit more like, okay, we need to get organized A, B, C, D, E, F before we could start something. And I learned that you really have to have a bit of both. You've got to have um, ideas and be ready to like jump with it. But you also have to have a plan in place so you don't just like go out there and things just- Yeah, you have to know know, how to deliver. Yes, well said. Mm -hmm. And I think um, we differed in that a little bit. And so that caused conflict. Um, There also were, uh, you know, I trained teachers how to teach, and we both were teachers. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it it, it didn't feedback didn't come easily. And um, not everybody wants feedback. But to be on our team, you had to be able to, you know, and self to improve your, your, your skills. So those things were challenges and, and I don't think that ever really got a whole lot better. So um, there was a point in no. time where it was a good thing. Uh, one of us probably would have been great if one of us had a, a job the whole time, but finally dad went and got a, a job. And um, then I hired a manager and was able to, we were able to, you know, keep, continue the business. So those were some challenges. And, and I say that because when you, again, when you have challenges, the whole family feels it. And I'm sure you guys felt it. You know, there would be times where we would be, there was tension. Arguments. I mean, I didn't just feel it. Like, I heard it. I mm-hmm. Well, you know, anything that's non-traditional. This is a non-traditional lifestyle. You know, both parents mm-hmm. owning and running a hot yoga studio. That is non-traditional in, in America, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, yeah. a woman doing it might be more, oh, that's cool. But a husband, wife. Um, and and I, think, I think that that's a pretty common, you know, thing to feel. Because... 
it's more traditional to see dad going off to work. Maybe mom stays home or has like a side business, which is kind of how I treated my life is like it was a side business. Um, and so those are just those are things, you know, just to share that that, that was a stressor. And, um, you know, ultimately, mm-hmm. it's interesting because when dad went and took a job and he actually moved away to get this job, didn't like that idea at all. But we were at a place where we really did need the fun, need the support financially. So we agreed to do it. And I said, you know, we've done just about everything else. Um, we have traveled and moved. We've worked together in all kinds of conditions. I, I told myself, this is just a new challenge, right? And this is this is a new thing we've never done. We're going to do this one now. We're going to live apart and work and get together and have these great experiences. And our community was concerned. They didn't say it outright, but people were taking me aside saying, are you guys okay? Like they couldn't, they were surprised. And I remember thinking, oh yeah, everything's fine. And I did tell myself everything was fine, but to be completely honest, I mean, I don't, I think that was the beginning of, you know, um, challenges to our marriage, not the beginning, but it was maybe like really a step in something that was going to end up being separation. It was separation, but I didn't, I didn't let myself Mm -hmm. believe that, you know? So, so there's that, you know, I had seen so many other yoga studio couples separate and divorce. And I remember thinking, gosh, how terrible. Well, you know, it's not any one thing, but you know, it, it did lend itself to yeah. the beginning of that too for us. And, and it wasn't the studio that did it in any way, but, um, but one might think it was, you know, so our community was definitely concerned and asking questions and I was assuring them that everything was fine. Cause I did think everything was fine to be honest. Yeah. You know, what's so funny is you, I look back on that time when dad wasn't, when dad took that job and he left and I remember people were concerned, but I always viewed you as the person who ran the studio. Like you did so much of the work. You were always in there. Like you were like, you were the boss, the, the boss woman, the, like you, you were the boss. And so for me, like dad not being there, that was a huge deal to me because he was more in the background. Like he was teaching and he was cleaning but he wasn't like, to me, he was not instrumental, like in the studio. I mean, you were like, you did all that work. So like people would even ask me like how I felt about it. And I was kind of like, I mean, to me, it kind of makes sense. Like my mom loves this. My dad does not. Well, and and he and I were very clear and open about that. I mean, if I could have gone and gotten a job, I would have done so. But we both agreed that, no, I needed to stay in the studio because I was running it. And and we we understood that, you know, we were open about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And at that point, I think, you know, the stressors were wearing on on him. And, and, you know, it's it's Mm -hmm. it's real to say he didn't like it anymore. And not everyone does like the business anymore. And that's part of business, too. You know, so. Um, you know, these things were just real and they were really happening. And, you know, that was yeah. a, a big part of the challenge of it. Um, the next thing that happened was something that was so unexpected. We were rolling along like this and, and then there was COVID and it was a shocker. You know, it was an absolute shock. We thought we were going to close for two weeks. We actually shut down for a day and within 48 hours, we designed an online business and we opened up and we were running online classes. We asked um, our clients to come to online classes. We offered them options and most of our members kept paying whether they came to online classes or not. It was absolutely Mm -hmm. incredible, but we started a full schedule or at least probably two or three classes a day online and they were coming and the ones that weren't coming many many of them kept paying and we went on like that for months and months and months and um you know we all we all remember we all had to stay home so we were on this together but our business kept going um there were grants available at the time we were able to take advantage of some of the grants but you know we went as we went quite a long time in that um in that time do you remember anything about that about the covid years you know, I was just trying to think about it. I know I was home, but for some reason I was not. I mean, I just wasn't that involved in the studio at that time. Like, I think I was I was 20 or I was 19, 20. And I was concerned with like school and I was working at Roots. And I I really wasn't doing a whole lot of yoga. Like me and my boyfriend would come in 
from time to time, but I don't remember being super involved. All I really remember from the COVID like um, time was how uh, careful you had to be about cleaning and making sure that everything was sanitized. I think people had to wear masks during class. Um, there was a whole like you had you had to enter the studio one different way and exit it a different way and make sure you weren't touching anybody. Like it was a like I think you had roped off areas in the studio. Like you were very careful with it. Like you did everything you could to like have it in regulation. I remember that. Well, you know, actually that was when we reopened, but um which you know oh, many, right. many months later. But you're right. So we ran this online business for as long as we could. And then when we were allowed to open back up again, my manager and I spent three weeks in the studio while we kept the online business de designing strategies, um, walk, you know, pathways that, that people could be walking where they wouldn't be walking towards each other. Um, we, you know, traffic flow. We had protocols, we had, we made signs, we had rules, we had to post everything online, we had to have a new way to register for classes, we had to create all this, you know, and mm -hmm. then we had to have an opening day and they had to wear, they had to wear masks into the room, get on their yoga mat, and the mats had to be spaced, I think they were like six or eight, eight ten feet apart, we had, we had little dots on the floor where you had to put your mat take your mask off and then you could practice. And so we would, you know, we had all these protocols. So we designed this, took us three weeks. It, it was so much, we had to close our showers. We, nobody could use a shower. So mm -hmm. that was, that was a deterrent. Some people didn't want to come back because they wanted to shower after we had beautiful showers and they wanted to get in there. Yeah. So yeah, things, things really shifted when we went to reopen. So yeah, we reopened and people were so good about these new protocols. Um, definitely we had limited numbers and so we could only bring so many people in. Um, and then it was tough because we had to shut down again in California, it was, it was so strict. And we went to shut down again. Mm -hmm. I think we re shut down, we reopened again. And a lot, there's a lot more to this. You're right, we probably need a part two, but we did end up in the end, um, our revenue was, so much reduced from what it was because of COVID, the numbers mm -hmm. that we had coming back and that could come back, that we could only go so long. And we got to about October of, I guess it was 2020. And I knew that we'd get that far. And then we got into November. And in order to continue, we were going to have to borrow some money. And I, we just, it was just not feasible anymore and so we really had to let the community know that we were gonna shut down and it was very difficult you're right you we, i had so many mm -hmm. emails coming in love letters to the studio that i've always saved from everybody you know um and, and people they were even were us. trying to think of yeah people even trying to like think of ways to keep it open like i mm -hmm. people who were really fighting to like not close it and i remember like that was hard very hard very hard and we did mm -hmm. with people offering ways and and the thing in the background that now because we've already we've talked about our family a bit more um on this podcast and the fact that dad and i ended up divorcing later on after much after that but um you know it it, it was difficult because i didn't have it wasn't two of us anymore so for me to keep going alone was really hard too so could, you know could we have stayed open it would have been very difficult financially um, and on me again, I, I actually, I had already taken a second job. Now I had a full-time job plus the studio. I forgot to mention that. So at this point I was three months into a full-time job and the studio, um, and it was just not feasible. So we ended up closing mm -hmm. and it was, it was a heartbreaker. And you mentioned earlier, you were there when we closed it down and had people come, you know, in and how did that yeah, feel? Yeah, man, I was there. I remember I went with you. And we put up, you know, paper, just simple, like, paper signs, like, saying that we we had closed. And we were, like, you know, just, yeah, we had closed. And we'd put them up on the, on the doors. And I remember walking through, seeing, like, the bathrooms and the, the like, the, even, like, the cleaning closet. And then walking through the hot room and then seeing, like, the employee 
the the back room and then where the washing machines were and um the lobby the front desk i mean it and it was just i i wasn't super sad because for me like i had really disconnected from the studio a while ago not on purpose but i just didn't like i wasn't practicing that much at all and i had, was just doing other things but i it was it was sad i remember getting teary because we had that studio for eight years and I grew up, I kind of grew up in there. Um, it was a part of my childhood. So I've been to like, you know, say goodbye. And it, it almost felt like it wasn't even our full decision to like say goodbye. It wasn't like it was doing well, but like we didn't want to do it anymore. It was like out of like, it was out of our control. Um, so that made it even sadder. And then I remember when um, we had people that we knew who wanted to reopen it. Um, I remember thinking like, oh, I'll never go back there because it was equivalent to the feeling of seeing like your ex-partner with somebody else. Like even though like you've moved on and you're good, like that feeling of like you don't want to see like that person with somebody else. It was like, I don't want to see somebody else running our studio. Um, I remember that like just being like, oh God, no. And like even to this day, I don't know if I could, if I could even go back because some part of me is just like, I guess still, it's a weird feeling. I couldn't even describe it. I'm like attached to it, but I'm not. Um, yeah. It's part of our family. It was definitely, it was part of our family mm-hmm. and our community. And yeah, mm-hmm. it was a heartbreaker. People came in and, um, and were crying. Um, mm-hmm. It was really, it was really, really hard. And I think the team that helped us kind of close, we just just did things quickly so we could move on. And that itself was hard too. But, um, and I'm sure nobody really knew everything, you know, Um, you know, to be honest, when things before COVID, we were on track to sell the studio for, you know, a a, a good, a decent amount of of money. And I think it would have been something because we were preparing for our future and maybe, you know, you guys are older now and we were going to be moving on and, um, all that shifted with COVID and um, it just wasn't even feasible to, to move forward with selling it at all. And so, um, but what I learned was uh, from that too. And then there's, so there's benefits. I remember early on in, in the studio thinking it would be complete failure to fail. If we ever closed, I would be a failure. I remember thinking like, I, I would let myself go there. And in a way, that wasn't a good way to think about it because businesses can fail, but you're not a failure. You're, you know, you're a winner for trying to do it and for helping people and you, know, you get back on your feet again. But um, I, when we actually closed, I didn't feel like a failure. I knew I did all I could. I, I, I felt like I went out. My sister used to say, you, you climbed the pole and you rang the bell, you know, and I get Terry thinking about that. You I, did, I, mom. You, when you know you give it your all. And you kids give it your all. Dad give it his all. Mm -hmm. And we did all we could for who we were. Mm -hmm. And I know nobody doubts that. Um, I think there may have been some things that the community didn't know and were wondering about. But there's just no way around that. You know, we we gave everybody the chance to use their memberships at other studios. We made agreements with other local studios. They took them in. Um, We we took care of everybody in the end. I think that we could. We did the best that we could. Um, mm-hmm. and so, you know, there were a lot of benefits, lifelong lessons, you know, that we learned. I'm definitely resilient, stronger person because of it. I I'm still thinking about other businesses I might open in my life. Um, Sean was told, you know, when he was interviewing for a college scholarship that what they, re- and this was with the, um, NROTC that they said what they really heard was his involvement in a family business, all he had experienced. That's what they really picked up mm-hmm. on when he got that scholarship. You got jobs. You said you learned to work hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in terms of oh, business, I, also, I, had, I got a master's in business basically by learning how to run the studio. So, <laughs> yeah, and I will say, I, I, you know, I feel like I almost made I made friends there, like not with people my age per se, but like I definitely learned how to like, communicate with adults um, and feel comfortable around like adult people at, at a young age and. Um, you know, like, and I saw you guys form like really good friendships with people. Like we've met a lot of great people that are still in our lives because of the studio. Like we're, you know, like just great family friends. And, um, and 
yeah and also you know there was a time when like the yoga was really like benefiting me in my life and I actually all the time I forget about the practice and I feel like even this podcast like today is gonna benefit me because now I'm thinking maybe I should go do some yoga because I think it would actually really help me right now um but yeah just so many benefits about the practice itself and then even and then having the studio and it was awesome it was hard but it was awesome I mean and I like saying it like to my friends like yeah we own a yoga studio you know it's not a big deal or whatever it was kind of cool <laughs> you're yeah. so right when you mention the really important things like the friendships we have lifelong friends that are dear to us and we'll always have mm-hmm. we have you know practices you know we have health practices in our life that we'll always have and um health that we'll always have i know we'll always be healthy i really believe we will because we've learned mm-hmm. uh, you know you know how to adapt and bring these things into our lives and you know and still use that to teach if we want um but those are the important things you know you that's what you take and with you, so another thing too is i really not just i got to interact with adults but i got to interact with all different types of people i mean it sounds like kind of crazy when you say to someone who we had homeless people like doing hot yoga with us people who had like really bad addiction problems and just funky characters honestly but and I got to learn how to be around people like that or just interact with them and I think that was really cool too because I think that's helped me become even more like open and accepting of all different walks of life and I think I think anybody can benefit from that I think that's an awesome thing to have to be around I do too. And you are so right. Cause it's not something that you're just going to be around if you're going to school, you know, just like, or, or working a specific job, but we got to see all walks of life and the people that needed the most mm-hmm. were often people that you wouldn't normally be working with. And we always felt mm-hmm. it was our job to really make it accessible. If we could, if we could keep everybody else safe and there, and there were issues where we had to let people go, but as long as we could, mm-hmm. and we, and we had to monitor it pretty, pretty carefully. We, we would let people, you know, with these issues come into the studio and addictions. And and, mm-hmm. and there were some great success stories from that. And, and I'm sure a lot of thanks from them. Um, but I also, and this is probably going to move on to another whole topic, but realize how prevalent addictions are in our society everywhere. It's not like it's, mm-hmm. it's not what you think. It's not just this down and out person at all. Um, it's, it's mm-hmm. common everywhere. They're family diseases and and we were a family community, you know, business. So um grateful that we could learn and we can carry on knowledge of that and, you know, be more aware, tolerant and ex- experienced you know, with being around that. And, you know, because mm-hmm. you learn, it, so. you learn that they're, they're just as human as you and I, you know, like they just, they just have some struggles you know mm-hmm. but they're just they're just human beings and I I just remember talking to people about the studio like my friends and I would say oh yeah so and so we have like homeless people coming into the studio and I would kind of say it offhandedly and they'd be like what you know and but yeah you meet these people and you realize that they're just you know other than like where they sleep at night and where they go during the day and what the hell what they eat and where they go <laughs> they're just the same it might be a little loopy, but they're mm-hmm. just as human as you or I, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they. We, and I also learned, you know, like you can. It could be so easy for you, a normal person, quote unquote, to like wind up in their situation too. Like you never know what's going to happen in your life. You know, so true. We are we are very similar. Uh, we we're, mm-hmm. you know, these people have amazing pasts as well. Some of them, some people are very high functional, you know, and have you know, addictions and, um, and also, you know, the whole side of things brought me closer with other people that were working with, you know, therapists and counselors were working with addictions and it just opened up new doors for understanding people around my, in people around me in my life, um, my mm-hmm. own family and, you know, history. So, um, it's been a, a true education and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the experience from beginning to end and in every way. So, Thanks for being here to talk about it, Caroline, and, and share this. Um, I know there's well, so many thank things. Thank you for we, having me. Yeah, so much we touched on and so much we even didn't, and that's the way it is. But 
I um mm-hmm. I love this talk actually it was a big one bigger than we expected mm-hmm. yeah good and one. You, it's a it's a really good one to have because there's many times where I just forget that we went that we did that in our family um that we had a yoga studio and it's an odd thing to forget but I loved every bit of it yeah yeah well and as we always say there's a lot of change but it's part of life <laughs>